0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I hope that you guys had a great week. I really enjoyed the full moon on Tuesday. I hope that you guys did too. I actually got to try my hand in making a couple of things using the full moon energy, one of which was essential oils. So I, I looked online and I found... A couple of different recipes and then I kind of did my own thing because that's just kind of how I do. That's why I'm not really good at baking by the way because I like to improvise and apparently improvising and baking is a terrible life choice. I digress anyway. (laughs) I really had a lot of fun trying this out so apparently you can make essential oils with the energy of the full moon and you can use a myriad of different oil but the two that I chose were almond oil and coconut oil, and then you can use pretty much any essential oil that speaks to you. For me, I chose lavender, and I chose almond oil and coconut oil, like I said, and lavender and orange essential oil, and then I also use cinnamon, and I put a clove in there, so like a whole clove, and I put some vanilla and man, it smells so good. (laughs) And it just, it makes you feel so warm and calm and yeah, I I really love it. I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in trying their hand in essential oil making. I also made Florida water. I had no idea that that was a thing. So I actually looked that one up too. And essentially what Florida water is, is sorta like A cleansing water for you know your your energy space and it is really cool so apparently its primary base is vodka and it doesn't have to be anything really super expensive or fancy I just got just a basic run-of-the-mill vodka and you put I think the primary bases in there are lemon oil and lavender and I think there was one more, another citrus of some kind. Either way, I kind of just, like I said, I kind of, I kind of won it, <laughs> and did my own thing with it. Hence the reason why I don't bake. Anyway, I um, so I made a Florida water with vodka and clove and some cinnamon oil, and I put orange peel in it and then orange essential oil, and I think it turned out pretty good. The one thing that I didn't realize you couldn't really do is, I put coconut oil in there, and yeah, I don't, I don't think coconut oil and vodka get along very well because it just sits right at the top. So, I think for essential oil making, I think coconut oil is great for the uh, Florida water, maybe not so much. So, I suppose if you're if you're wanting to try that out, maybe learn from my little mishap there, and maybe no coconut oil for your Florida water. But anyway. So that was my little adventure for the the week. <laughs> in addition to all of the research that I've been doing for this week's podcast. So anyhow, I hope that you guys are all nicely charged up from this beautiful pink moon. And the next full moon that will be coming up in May is supposed to be a pretty big one because it's the May Day or Beltane on the Wheel of the Year. So I'm really excited about that one in particular. So let's move forward with the crystals of the week. So the crystals that I chose this week are Labradorite and Selenite. And we will begin with what Miss Karen Frazier has to say about Labradorite from the Crystals for Beginners book. And what she says is when it's not cut or polished, Labradorite just looks like any old rock. However, after cutting and polishing, it has a quality called labradorescence, which is an opalescent sheen of multiple colors similar to that in opals or moonstone. First Nation Inuit people believe labradorite is a connection between the earthly plane and unseen realms. Labradorite originates in Canada, Italy, and Scandinavia. It comes in shapes of tumbled, polished, carved, cut, and its general pretty natural with its shape. It amplifies an energy. It comes in colors of blue or gray with multiple flashes of color. It's best for the throat and third eye chakra. To place Labradorite, you want to put it on the throat chakra as a necklace near where you meditate. Labradorite Brings out magical qualities, reducing negativity, tempering negative aspects of the personality, detoxification of addictive substances, tempering impulsivity and recklessness, connection to higher realms, aiding in intuition, and dispelling illusion. Labradorite works great with clear quartz, sodalite, and amethyst. A great usage tip is you want to use Labradorite or hold it or have it next to you during uh, meditation. Sorry. (laughs) Use Labradorite during meditation or prayer to aid in communication with higher realms. So that's what Miss Karen Fraser has to say about Labradorite. So on to what Judy Hall has to say from the Crystal Bible. She says that Labradorite comes in grayish to black with blue and yellow. It comes in all sizes. It's usually polished dark until catches the light. Then iridescent blue or gold flashes. Its yellow form is transparent and usually small and tumbled. Labradorite's iridescent is a highly mystical and protective stone. So attributes of Labradorite are, Iridescent Labradorite is a highly mystical and protective stone, a bringer of light. It raises consciousness and connects with universal energies. Labradorite deflects unwanted energies from the aura and prevents energy leakages. It forms a barrier to negative energies shed during the therapy, or just during therapy, I should say. It can take you into another world or into other lives. A stone of esoteric knowledge, it facilitates initiation into the mysteries. Labradorite aligns the physical and etheric bodies and it accesses spiritual purpose. It raises consciousness and grounds spiritual energies into the physical body. This stone stimulates intuition and physical or psychic gifts. Man, I'm having a lot of trouble talking today, guys, so do do pardon me. <laughs> this stone stimulates intuition and psychic gifts, including the art of right timing, bringing messages from the unconscious mind to the surface and facilitating their understanding. Psychologically, labradorite banishes fear and insecurities and psychic debris from previous disappointments, including those experienced in past lives. It strengthens faith in the self and trust in the universe. It removes other people's projections, including thought forms that have hooked into the aura. Labradorite calms an overactive mind and energizes the imagination, bringing up new ideas. Analysis and rationality are balanced with the inner sight. Labradorite brings contemplation and introspection, Synthesizing intellectual thought with intuitive wisdom, it is an excellent dispeller of illusions, going to the root of the matter and showing the real intention behind thoughts and actions. This stone brings up suppressed memories from the past. Labradorite is a useful companion through change, imparting strength and perseverance. A stone of transformation, it prepares body and soul for the ascension process. So for healing... Labradorite treats disorders of the eyes and brain, relieves stress, and regulates metabolism. It treats cold, gout, and rheumatism, balances hormones, and relieves menstrual tension, and lowers blood pressure. Labradorite can be used as a witness during a radionic. Okay, so I had to uh, define that one because I did not know what that meant. So I looked it up. And this is actually still from Judy Hall. And she says, a method of diagnosis and treatment at a distance using specially designed instruments based on the premise that all disease is a distortion of the electromagnetic field surrounding the body. The method originated in the research of the 19th century U.S. physician, Dr. Albert Abrams. Treatment pinpointing the cause of the disease or dis-ease, I should say. So for the position of Labradorite, she says you should wear over the higher heart chakra. Now, I also looked that up. Now, forgive me, guys. I've been doing a lot of tangents with this one because I had to define a lot of things. So So we're going to talk about lots of stuff in addition. So I looked up the higher heart chakra and I got this from www.healing-crystals-for-you.com forward slash higher heart chakra. And this was written by Liz Oaks. And she says the higher heart chakra is the etheric heart, which is the area where intent originates. Some books refer to this area as the thymus chakra or high heart chakra. It connects the emotions of divine love, compassion, truth, and forgiveness with the area where language originates, allowing you to speak from the heart. This is an important area of the body because its energy is extremely helpful to everyone who wants to ensure that the way they communicate is compassionate towards others. The spoken word resonates here, and the use of the sound resonance from here within the etheric body and creates a powerful healing effect. So where is this heart chakra? The thymic or thymus chakra is located in the upper chest, just above and to the left of the heart chakra, between the heart and the throat chakra. This chakra is associated with the thymus gland, one of the earliest glands that develops in the fetus while in the womb. This gland is related to the immune system and has within it patterning for your DNA and your karmic design for this lifetime, including past life information. It is also called the Thymus Chakra. It is about selfless spiritual love for the Great Divine Spirit. The Chakra meaning is all about the concept of divine love in a transcendent spiritual sense. The meaning of the Higher Heart Chakra, also called the Thymic Chakra, related to the feelings of divine love, compassion, forgiveness, and release of fear. The Chakra relates to Christ Consciousness and the bridge between your emotions and your intellect. This chakra's location creates a strong, sound healing effect in the etheric body and aids communication. The chakra is where you will find the thymus gland and is the primary gland that aids the immune system and creates stronger healing outcome. Working with higher heart chakra stores aids to you to create a connection between your, your soul body and physical body. If you rub this point, you'll notice it feels slightly sore. I. I didn't really experience that, by the way. I, tr- I Like, as soon as I read that, I act, I'm like, I'm doing it right now. I'm like, I don't really feel like it's sore, but maybe that's just me. Maybe you might feel some soreness. I don't know. Continuing on, though. It is the point used by EFT practitioners when they are doing meridian therapy, and they may call it the sore point, as if you rub it hard, it can hurt a little. Where over the higher heart chakra, hold or place, as appropriate oh okay so that was the end of that so that's that's how you define the higher heart chakra and then you want to wear over the higher heart chakra the labradorite or hold up and place it as appropriate so there's actually some specific colors that labradorite has and in addition to the generic attributes the following color has additional properties so yellow labradorite Accesses the highest levels of consciousness and enhances visualization, trances, clairvoyance, and channeling. It is beneficial for the solar plexus chakra and expands the mental body, bringing in higher wisdom. It heals the stomach, spleen, liver, gallbladder, and adrenal glands. I think this one would be especially good. For you light workers that are on the front line right now with this whole COVID-19 thing, I mean, seriously, your adrenal glands, let's get those puppies healed. I mean, seriously, let's do it. <laughs> I can't even, I think a majority of, of us would benefit from some yellow Labradorite. Just thinking about those out there right now. Anyhow, place Labradorite on the third eye, solar plexus, or just hold it. And it should be very effective. So that's Labradorite. And uh, so let's move on to the second crystal of the week because you know, I changed it to two because why not? We've got so many crystals out there. Let's do two. So Selenite from the Crystals for Beginners by Karen Frazier. She says, a variety of gypsum or selenite is a very soft crystal. Because of this, it's easy to carve and you'll you'll often find it carved into interesting shapes and towers. It is primarily a protective stone. It is also a stone that doesn't need to be cleansed as it doesn't absorb or store energy, and it serves as a cleansing stone for other crystals. Now, this stone is going to be particularly um, beneficial for the topic of this week, and I'll I'll tell you why in a minute. It originates in China, France, India and the United States. It comes in natural shapes, tumbled, polished, carved and cut. It amplifies energy and it comes in white it's great for the third eye and the crown you want to place it on or near the third eye or crown chakra and selenite is great for protecting against negativity cleansing negative energy cleansing other crystals cleansing the aura connection with the intuition and the divine and forgiveness uh selenite works well with all stones so that's kind of useful i think everybody should probably have some kind of selenite in their arsenal great usage tip for selenite is due to selenite softness it can get damaged easily never expose it to water or salt and store it separately from other crystals so that is what karen Fraser has to say about selenite so let's see what what uh, miss judy hall has to say about selenite she says that the colors of selenite come in pure white orange blue brown and green well that one's very different than the first definition. (laughs) The appearance of selenite is usually translucent with fine ribboning, satin spar, or coarse ribboning, fishtail, or petal-like, also known as desert rose. It comes in all sizes. It is easily obtained, so it won't be too difficult to find in your local crystal shop or online. The source of selenite is the United States, Mexico, Russia, Austria, Greece, Poland, Germany, France, and England. So selenite is translucent. Selenite has a very fine vibration and brings clarity of mind, opening the crown and higher crown chakras. So I also looked that up as well. (laughs) I got this off of, uh, I wanted to uh, define higher crown chakras. So I looked it up and found at www.chakras.info.com, they defined the 12 chakras. Now I know that in the past I've talked about the seven chakras, which are your main chakras, but in all, there's actually 12, which let's caveat this with there may be actually more than that, but from what I was able to find for you guys, there's 12. They go through one through 12 here. So one is the root, two is sacral plexus, three is the solar plexus, four is the heart, five is the throat, six is the third eye, seven is crown, eight is time transcendence and connection. Now this is going above the crown. Time transcendence and connection to spirit. Nine, the seat of the soul. Now 10 is actually below the root chakra and it's called the earth connection and then moving all the way back up above the ninth chakra that we just talked about the 11th chakra is mind over matter and then the 12th above that is universal unity the position of chakra eight and nine above the crown chakra is fairly common representation of the higher chakras the eighth chakra is located slightly above the crown chakra about one inch above it With the eighth chakra, we enter realms transcending time and space. This energy center is said to open access to parallel universes and lives. It gives access to the realm of the Akashic Records, which that will be a whole podcast in and of itself. But just to define that really quick, it's sort of like a record of everything that is and will be and was in all space and time. That's just a very rough definition. So access to the realm of the akasha records and the sphere of potentialities in the making it is useful center for shamanic healing and communication with spirit guides the ninth chakra located further above the crown chakra the ninth chakra is said to be the seat of the soul it allows access to your soul's code or higher purpose it can be seen as the door to archetypal energies or patterns that play an important role in shaping our destiny the tenth chakra, located about a foot and a half below the surface of the ground, it ensures our connection with the earth because it works primarily with the energies of the earth. It is very physical in nature. It participates to our physical well-being and connects us to the grounding energies of the earth and our environment. Just like the first or our root chakra, it is useful to heal bone and bone marrow related issues. It can also play a role in any DNA related or hereditary issue. So the 11th chakra, located outside of the human body, it is said to be accessible through the hands and feet. It makes up an energy field that connects the human sphere of influence to the supernatural. Shamans can use this chakra's dimension to produce magic and influence the physical with supernatural powers. The 11th chakra emphasizes the mind as a powerful tool to shape matter. The 12th chakra, located on the outskirts of the 12th chakra system, it allows us to stretch beyond our common sphere of understanding into universal unity with all that is. It is said that it is the chakra of mastery of the soul's purpose through our human existence. So that is basically the definition very quickly so to speak of the the other chakra systems selenite opens the crown and the higher crown chakras which is basically 8 9 11 and 12 with obviously 10 being below the ground like we were talking about it accesses angelic consciousness and higher guidance pure selenite is a link to the light body helping to anchor it in the earth's vibration So i also wanted to define the light body forgive me i really did go on a lot of tangents here guys because i felt like i needed to define some of this maybe some of you guys know all this already and if that's the case i applaud you and your knowledge i am still learning so we're gonna define some stuff (laughs) so a light body is a subtle energy body vibrating at a very high frequency it is the vehicle for the soul and higher consciousness Selenite is a calm stone that instills deep peace and is excellent for meditation or spiritual work. Telepathy is enhanced by each person holding a piece of pure vibrational selenite. The purest translucent white selenite has an ethereal quality and is said to inhabit the place between light and matter. An ancient stone, it is nevertheless one of the most powerful crystals for the new vibration on earth. Selenite can be used to form a protective grid around a house creating a safe and quiet space that does not allow outside influences in. Use internally in the corners of the house. A large piece of selenite placed in the house ensures a peaceful atmosphere. Selenite wands can be used to detach entities from the aura or for preventing anything external from influencing the mind. Carrying the imprint of all that has happened in the world, selenite reaches other lives and is very useful for checking on progress made and for accessing the plan for the present life from the between lives states. It pinpoints lessons and issues that are still being worked upon and shows how they can be resolved. It can be used for scrying. Okay, so scrying, I had to define that too. I've said that in a couple of different episodes and didn't define it, so I do apologize. So scrying is discerning images in a crystal that reveal the future or the secrets of the past or present. So that was by Miss Judy Hall. She had this definition in her book. So it can be used for scrying to see the future or to ascertain what has happened in the past. Psychologically, selenite assists judgment and insight. Mentally, it clears confusion and aids in seeing the deeper picture. It brings about a conscious understanding of what has been occurring at the subconscious level. This is a powerful disperser and stabilizer for erratic emotions. For healing, selenite aligns the spinal column and promotes flexibility. It guards against epileptic seizures, This stone neutralizes mercury poisoning from Dental Amalgam Ooh, I didn't, again with the the handwriting. Dental Amalgam (laughs) and reverses the effects of free radicals. It is an excellent crystal for breastfeeding and nurturing a child. Its finest healing occurs at the energetic levels. So to position selenite, you want to hold or place in or around the house. Just to note, selenite dissolves when it's wet, so don't place it in water. Specific colors and forms. So in addition to the generic properties of different colored selenite, selenite has specific properties. So, or different colors have specific properties. So, orange-brown selenite has Earth's angelic energies and aids Earth healing. Blue selenite placed on the third eye quiets the intellect, facilitates shutting off mind chatter during meditation, and quickly reveals the core of a problem. So you know what? I feel like this one would be really good if you have trouble sleeping. Like I was just thinking that maybe you could put some blue selenite on your third eye so that way when you're going down to sleep, you're not constantly thinking about all the things going on throughout the day. Maybe this would be a good one for that. Green selenite assists in working towards the highest good. It makes you feel good about yourself and helps to overcome the effects of aging on the skin and skeleton. Fishtail selenite provides deep healing for the nerves. It is extremely calming, stabilizing motions and diffusing tension. This form of selenite is often called angel's wing selenite as it facilitates angelic contact. Desert rose selenite helps to dissolve self-imposed programs that have been running for too long. It releases the program and assists in finding an appropriate replacement. It can be used to strengthen affirmations of purpose. So those are the crystals of the week. So moving on to the quotes of the week. Now I have two and they're both by the same author. And I chose Rumi because I really, really love Rumi. The first one is you have to keep breaking your heart until it opens. And the second is only from the heart can you touch the sky. Now, the topic of the week. I actually have had some some work in this and it's, it's very effective. And I chose cord cutting for this week. Cord cutting is a type of cleansing ritual in which you cut ties with negative attachments that you want to move forward from. And that's my definition of what cord cutting is. It's it's not to be confused with you know breaking things off with with somebody or something it's it's more of like a loving way to create space for your own spiritual growth and i went to a couple of different sites that i thought were very helpful in having different ways of utilizing cord cutting And I found two sites that were actually really, had two really great examples of cord cutting that you can utilize. The first one was from vice.com. And this is more of like a, sort of like a ritualistic sort of thing. I think that this is more widely used in Wiccan cultures. And what vice.com says is think of cord cutting like getting rid of split ends. You may not want your hair shorter, but if you cut off what's damaged, you'll be rewarded with growth. In some instances, a reconciliation of some form may be possible, but first you have to sever yourself from the diseased past. Cord cutting requires self-reflection, honesty, and the willingness to take a scary leap that can help your life move onto healthier, more beautiful relationships. So the ways to cord cut... I think the easiest way is a mental cord cutting, and basically you're visualizing a cord that connects you to whatever or whomever you want to separate yourself from, and cutting them. You can call on your spirit guides to assist you in this process, and it can be very effective. Just just visualizing it. What vice.com says is while such visualizations can be extremely powerful, it's sometimes helpful to use actual cords so you can see and hold them and witness the process take place. Cord cutting can be done on an as needed basis while the waning phase of the moon is a great time to perform such rituals. So one physical way of cord cutting on your own is to find two candles with one wick. Now, this is something just from my background knowledge. You etch into one candle your name and then the person or subject on which you wish to free yourself from. When you light your match, write out loving intentions before burning the wick. Something like, thank you for the lesson that this relationship has given to me. In peace, love, and compassion, I break free and release myself from the bonds that are stagnating me. So the court cutting ritual courtesy of Old Ways Apothecary. This is like, this is one I got from vice.com. So what they say is you'll need a black candle, white sage, Florida water, which I was telling you guys about in the beginning, several yards of black cotton thread or yarn, scissors, and a cauldron or fire safety container. Instructions are you can do this with another person or alone, either seated or lying down. The first step. Open all windows and doors, if possible, to let out all of the negativity you'll be releasing. Burn sage and spray some Florida water throughout your home to create a sacred space. The second step, light your candle and center yourself. Take some time to focus on what you want to release from your life and set your intentions. The third step, when you're ready, bind your feet together with the thread and say, this is what blocks me from moving forward on my path. The thread represents the toxic cords that connect you to negativity. The fourth step, next, bind your wrists together and say, this is what keeps me from receiving all that I have been asking for. Step five, sit and meditate on toxic experiences from the past and allow the cords to absorb that energy. Step six, when you feel ready, cut the cords with the scissors on both hands and feet. As you do this, you can say, I release the ties that bind. I claim that which is mine. I move forward in light and freedom, so be it. Step seven, spray yourself with flora water to seal your energy field. And eighth step, burn the thread and bury it and the ashes away from your home. Just to note, if you're in a city and don't live near anything that you can just dig up and throw it away that's away from your home, make sure that the threads are completely burnt to ashes and then flush them. The next one that I looked up is from energymuse.com and I actually really, really like this site a lot. It's, It's really good for the beginner empath or light worker and you want to learn a little bit more about crystals and energy work and everything. And they have a really great definition of cord cutting utilizing crystals. And what they say here is between constant new updates, job stress, taking care of family, and nowhere to get any space from it all, many of us are experiencing a buildup of energy in our mind, body, and spirit. During this intensely emotional and challenging time, cutting cords can help you detach from the stressful or exhausting thoughts and people you encounter throughout the day. The practice of cutting energy cords helps you to preserve your spiritual space and break any energetic attachments so you can protect and nourish your own energy. There are different ways to cut cords and we'll be focusing on two. Cutting cords with other people's energy and cutting cords with an overactive mind. These two methods are some of the most powerful and effective ways to cut cords. But there are also some of the most useful practices during this unique time period. A combination of these two cord cutting practices can help you make sure your energy is your own and that it stays as positive and uplifted as it can be, even with everything going on around you. So first, let's talk about cutting energy attachments with other people. Cutting the energy cords with other people in our lives sounds like it might have a negative connotation, like we're pulling the plug in a relationship. But in reality, this therapeutic exercise is meant to preserve our spiritual space so that we can nourish our bonds with our own cleansed, pure and vibrant energy. When we exchange energy with, with another person, which can happen during any daily interaction, there's a potential for their energy to stick with us. Most people don't do this on purpose. Courting is something that happens during certain energy exchanges and can be especially likely in exchanges with loved ones. Now, I actually have personal experience with this. And I had actually, I had my sister who was going through a really difficult time. I had given her a big hug and she was just so upset. And I remember thinking to myself, I just want this to be easier for her. I wish that I could take some of this from her and and let her feel some relief. And how many times have we thought that with our loved ones and the people that we care about and even our friends? And the crazy thing that happened after that was I felt so downtrodden the rest of the day. And it was like, I couldn't shake off this, this feeling of just heaviness or like a gravity that was pulling me down. I remember speaking to her about that later and she was, she was like, listen, I love you, but don't take on my negative energy. (laughs) So I actually remember having stuff like that happen and come to think of it, I've done this a number of different times. So utilizing the cord cutting with just releasing some of the negative energy that you don't mean to take on is actually so beneficial and very loving for yourself and for the others that are in your life. So continuing on, many of us can remember a time when we supported a friend through a difficult situation and felt emotionally affected by it even after leaving that friend. That is because their energy was still attached to us. While those are the most memorable examples of courting, we often pick up and carry other people's energy without even noticing. Cutting the cord helps us to cleanse ourselves of the energy we pick up before it causes us to feel emotionally drained or tired. We aren't cutting emotional ties we are releasing energy ties and there's a big difference between the two those are the most obvious instances when you need to cleanse your energy but it's just as important to cut the energy cords with negative recurring thoughts or addictive behaviors that leads us to the second cord cutting practice in the same way as energy attachments with people energy attachments with certain behaviors or thought cycles can leave us feeling drained and not like our true selves By detaching from these thoughts, you can separate your highest self from the lower vibrational energies of these thoughts. So the first thing that you want to do to cleanse your energy is sage yourself and your environment. Another technique is to use sound to break up the energy surrounding you. A Tibetan bell is an absolute must if you have the energy toolkit. Any kind of bell will work but we especially enjoy using a bell made with several different metals as each metal carries a different energy frequency. You can ring the bell around your own energy field even if you're, you've are you already smudged yourself. When you are in your own head with a mess of thoughts buzzing around, the bell will help to break you out of the space and shed the negative energy around you. You can also cut energy cords with a piece of black kyanite or an obsidian cord cutter. At the end of the day, you can cut the energy cords from family, friends, work, colleagues, and everyone you come into contact with throughout the day by coupling a piece of black kyanite with an intention. So this is written by a woman named Heather. And so they reference her a couple of times here. So, and they'll say, she does this or she does that. So I'll just continue on with that. The first thing that she does while holding the piece of black kyanite or obsidian is just get in touch with where her energy field is affected. Many times they're connected to your chakra centers. So those are always a good place to start. Close your eyes and take a moment to get in tune with your body. Do you feel a weight in your stomach? Is there anything attached to your heart? Or do you feel there's negative energy in your head or mind? Track down where you feel the unwanted energy, cord or attachment. Then visualize yourself pulling that energy cord out of you. As you use your hands to mimic pulling the energy cord out, using your black kyanite, cut the cord, bring the kyanite down, and imagine that you are slicing that cord from draining any more of your energy. Then take the energy cord that you have removed and picture yourself plugging it into something positive, like the moon or the sun or mother earth. Do this as many times as you need to to get rid of the residual energy. To note, sometimes after doing this practice, you start to feel a little nauseous. It's almost as if you're detoxing from this energy. That's when it's important to fill yourself back up with light. Take a selenite crystal and place it over that area where you cut the energy cord. See it infusing you with love and light. The next step in this process is to consider how you can forgive both yourself and others. Forgiveness helps us to lighten the toll that harbored anger or negativity takes us on as a practice that is meant to help us confront and process lessons the act of forgiving may be the most crucial step towards progress after working with these crystals be sure to cleanse them Cord cutting is an effective and easy way to cleanse the spirit whenever necessary, but it's still some heavy work. Make sure you wash your hands and purify your crystals. Luckily, selenite is one of the very rare cleansing crystals that doesn't need to be cleansed and can actually purify other stones. So you can set your black kyanite on the selenite to let it cleanse and recharge. We always like to place all our crystals out in the sun if possible after this practice as well. Another way to release energy cords is to journal with crystals. Many times when we get corded with people, it causes us to recognize our own negative energy that we need to work on. To get clear of the negativity that is our own, sometimes it's nice to put pen to paper. Take a few minutes and jot down what you need to let go of from your own energy field. It could be excessive or or indulgent behaviors, a preoccupation that is stealing all of your attention, or even a negative focus on the past. Taking the time to get to know yourself is really what this practice is all about. The more we acknowledge our personal truths, the faster we can get rid of the things that do not serve us. So write on a piece of paper something that you'd like to release. Fold the paper up and place a piece of black tourmaline on it. Black tourmaline is a great stone for release and letting go. Then place a piece of rose quartz on the paper as well to carry the energy of love and forgiveness. So now we want to look into how to cut cords with an overactive mind, along with selenite and black kyanite amethyst is another cord cutter to keep in your tool chest. One that specifically helps you to cut energy cords attached to your third eye and mind, cleanse it, program it, and then place it over your third eye to bring any chaos to the surface. Begin the motion of physically pulling out cords from your third eye, using your amethyst point to cut the cords as you pull them out. After you cut them, visualize plugging the cord into something of high frequency, like a mountain or a landscape. Keep cutting all the cords that come up, and over time, you'll feel the energy getting lighter and lighter. In the end, the most tenuous relationship in our life is the one we have with ourselves. We beat ourselves up. We don't take the time to recognize everything that we do right. Cutting our energy cords allows us to reconnect with ourselves. In this moment, we can recognize that while some days are great and some are difficult, we need to commit to loving ourselves regardless. These are the tools that we hope can help you with shifting your energy. Release what no longer serves you. Give yourself a break and enjoy yourself on this journey of life. So that is pretty much the gist of cord cutting. And I've utilized this practice uh, a number of different times and it is extremely effective. And you can do it in many different ways. You just have to practice your own intuition with what feels good to you and what feels right. These are just the beginning tools that I think are gonna be very helpful for you. If you do feel like you need to cut ties with negative attachments from your past or even in your present, even just to get rid of some negative energy that maybe you've picked up from a friend or a loved one and you're just trying to help them feel better, having that time and taking that time to release that negativity by cutting cords with it is so important and effective and growing and helping yourself create more levity and create more light in your life and peace. So in closing with cord cutting, I just wanted to impress upon you guys because I spoke about cord cutting to a really close light worker of mine. And one of the things that he was saying to me was that cord cutting isn't necessarily taking something away from yourself. What I mean by that is... If you're having negative emotions that are stirred up within you, that are a part of you, that is about you, you have to really discern whether it is you or whether it's something that's negative that's coming from the outside in, whether it's somebody saying something about you or that has maybe had some sort of influence upon you. If it's something that's within you that's inherently negative, that's something that I feel like needs to be worked on and that's sort of a lesson that we need to be conscious about. And instead of pulling that out of ourselves and cutting it off, we need to be very compassionate and loving with ourselves instead of trying to pull it out of ourselves and cutting it off. Because I don't feel that there's a whole lot of knowledge that gleans from cutting something that is inherently negative out of us. I feel like there's more to learn from being loving and compassionate about the things that we need to understand about ourselves and identifying those things that are negative is a part of the process and whatever you're feeling that feels negative or is maybe like an egotistical self-talk that's really negative and or seemingly harmful. It's I feel like a cry for help. In those certain areas, as opposed to something that you need to get out and ignore and discard. So in closing, I just wanted to make sure that that was something that was brought to the surface as well, as opposed to just letting it be. (laughs) Because I feel like there's a huge difference between cutting out something that's negative that isn't your own versus identifying your own negativity and learning from it. And learning how to be compassionate with yourself and loving to yourself as opposed to taking that part of yourself away. So I hope that this was helpful for you guys. I know that cord cutting has been extremely helpful and useful in my life. I hope that you guys got something really great out of this episode. And I hope that this week brings you lots of positivity and love and peace and I cannot wait to bring up next week's episode because I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have my very first guest on next week's episode. So I hope to see all of you guys there and listening in to the fun episode that we're going to be having. (laughs) Anyhow, I've had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too. It's been really fun. I'm so looking forward to talking to you all next week. And until then, love and light to you all. Stay healthy, stay safe, and I look forward to talking to you next week. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rd e-e l-O-R-E-L E I at gmail.com, or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.ee.with.lorelei or on Facebook at third eye with Lorelai Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.